driving around Marlebone today and I can tell you what, those roads are definitely wide enough in London for a street race if they actually really wanted to do it. No. No. Right, travel Chris, let's go. Let's go. Anyway, right, yeah, let's go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. I'm Reese, and I'm joined today by... Chris. And Dan. Got you to think about that, didn't you? No, I was making sure that I said Dan and not Danny. Because last week, Danny was Dan, and I was Dan, and it was just all over the place. But it's fine. It's fine, Chris. That that was a podcast for those of us that woke up, okay? Well, whilst Chris didn't wake up, some would say Chris left us with an empty promise, as he did at the end of our first episode this season, promised to tell us about the bird-eating spider that came from Iraq. I didn't know much about it. I ran away from it. <laughs> With the, have you seen the size of a bird-eating spider? I have not seen the size of a bird-eating spider. You don't want to. Google it. I don't know what what are we talking? Are we talking quail? Are we talking owl, Chris? It's a, there's a big there's a big fucking difference in birds. Well, it would be bigger than my hand. It okay, couldn't. It it was big. It was big enough to know, for me to see it that the curtain was moving because something was behind it. I was say, Chris, you stuck your hand out there. With those sausage fingers, it's a miracle you ever finished that Lego McLaren. Hey, hey, hey. Start on my Lego Anfield now. You're on Lego Anfield. That that Lego McLaren does look tidy, though. It does look good. You can't you can't tell it. It looks good. I really, really want a chocolate one. Yeah, we all do. But I I generally would have paid double to have someone fucking do it for me. (laughs) For Easter... They could have released a chocolate orange McLaren. I feel like Terry's would have been the sponsor for that. That they could have done that. Well, if you're listening, CEO of Terry's Chocolate Oranges, whoever you are, you know what to do. Yeah, you've missed out this year, but we'll support you. And and if you're listening, CEO of marketing at McLaren, stop making Hawaiian shirts and hats and do a chocolate car. Although, do keep the Hawaiian shirts coming. Yeah, because we're listening to Let's split the anyway. let's let's have diversity. Let's have diversity. I'll tell you what though, who couldn't eat a chocolate orange Lego car? You. No, vegans. And there we go. We bought it full circle. But there's vegan chocolate. You can have vegan chocolate. Yeah, that's not why, real chocolate, no, no. is it? Why would you why would you do a vegan McLaren chocolate orange car? It it goes against itself, doesn't it? Because vegans are all about the saving the environment, but you can't have a car save the environment, so the vegans couldn't eat it anyway. Tell you what, they can have a vegan chocolate swan pedalo. There you go. Listen, yeah. what, is, what is veganism all about? Because plants and uh, plants and flowers are alive. Plants and flowers are alive. It's about an hour too long. It's about an hour too long of what we have. We, we don't have time for veganism this week. Yeah, but to sum up we, veganism, it's a uh, Chris. To sum up veganism for you, it's a medical condition where you have to tell someone what you are every fifteen minutes, and otherwise you, like you will implode. Flavor, you're allergic but to we flavor. We eat the animals. We eat the animals to make sure that the grass and the flowers are kept safe for them. Exactly. You're doing a favor. Exactly. Stop trying to convert I, us. I tell you what did someone else a favor. 
it was safety cars and Alex Albon because that was one heck of a drive in Australia. Alex Albon, absolutely our driver of the day. And it's another case of why you shouldn't close the voting as soon as the check of flag drops because it, it, Leclerc was brilliant, but Albon was another level. I don't know how that happened. That was, I was sitting and I was looking at him in seven, thinking he hasn't stopped. What is it? He's gonna, and I was looking at the time and, and I was like, he's going to drop to like 15th. I thought he was going to drop to 11th. So when he came, when I noticed he was 10th, I was in shock. I tell you what, though, this is going to be a season where every driver is going to get a point. Do you think so? Because I really yeah. think that this has put pressure on Aston Martin. They're in trouble. They're in real trouble. They really are. I just, I generally think this year uh, is not even going to be talent that gets the points. It's going to just be, can your car make it to the end? It's like, it's it's going to be reliability. It's not even the fact of, you know, we were all geared up for Max and Charles to go at it, and he's had two DNFs because his shit broke. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, hey, hey, can I just sorry, just interrupt? I said this at the preseason when we did. I said the Red Bull engines are going to be unreliable. It's it's just, it's very it's just it's very weird that we started off talking about the porpoising and the drinks game of let's drink every time they say porpoising. But after looking into it more, the Ferrari porpoises more than the bloody Mercedes does. But the Yeah, but they know how to but, switch it off in the corners. They they they're porpoising at a certain point. They're not porpoising That's it. Right that into the it. corner. That, no, no, no. It's like the yeah. Mercedes car. The, the Mercedes car porpoises at a lower speed, which causes its issues. But yet, but, the Ferrari yeah, is in the, first. The Ferrari is porpoising when its DRS is open. As hmm. soon as the DRS is dropped and the rear wing reconnects, the porpoising stops. Yeah, and it's 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 the perfect compromise. Of when you want to when you want to porpoise, if you're going to porpoise, have yourself porpoising when you're in the slipstream and have a car, and you've got the DRS to sort of help counteract the negative effects of it. And as soon as you shut that DRS and the wing is hunkered down, and your car's hunkered down, the Ferrari is brilliant. Yeah, you think they did it on porpoise? Uh... I, I, I did hear I did hear something interesting. Over the weekend, uh, they were talking about the Mercedes and, and the issues they're having with with Porpoise. And, and I can't remember who said it, but the the line was, Mercedes have tucked their car up so much and got rid of their their, board, uh, their side... Side finny, pods. Side pods, there we go. Got rid of their side pods that now there's not so much weight on their floor. Which is allowing the floor to flex more in high speeds. Mm. Yeah. So if they, you know, if they shot themselves in the foot. If we can just put it back a little bit to what you said about how it's going to be about finishing and how everyone's going to get a point this season. There are three cars that are going to struggle with that. One of them is Latifi because he just can't stop crashing. <laughs> and the other... Are the, are the Astons? Because right, the Astons, right. I've never seen a worse weekend from a race team in Formula One. But Sebastian Vettel came into that weekend with 
no real experience in the car apart from three days of testing yeah. and and then it had a day one failure and a day two yeah. failure I mean, broke, and then a crash in, and the crash and he crashes in um p3 and so does stroll and they crashed in p3 yeah. and then they barely got stroll's car out and then stroll and latifi i mean they're both barrier magnets as it is they don't put them near each other because they had the biggest mess i mean it I don't know if it's more Stroll or more Latifi's fault because Latifi lets Stroll go and then overtakes him as Stroll's looking for Joe, I think it was, in the Alfa Romeo. It's just preposterous how the whole thing yeah. happened. No, but it, it's just another stupid crash for no reason. It's, it's, it's just it's stupidity. I'm not being funny, right? Stroll was going over to let the Alfa Romeo pass on the left and Latifi tries to get through a gap which is half grass and half road and then wonders why there's a crash. I, I'm sort of wondering, with Stroll, he's had a couple now this season already. And um, There's a point where you've got to look at, at the team's budget mm -hmm. for the season and how long does his dad keep him in the car if he keeps crashing? And costs them Let's so not forget, money? this is not the first time Lance Stroll has had a crash on a slow lap. Don't forget, after the Chinese Grand Prix um, a few years ago, he just straight up understeered into Vettel and took Vettel's wheel, um, rear wheel off. Exactly the same side of the car, same sort of damage, and mm. it's it, it's concerning with Lance Stroll. I mean, it's no better with, with Vettel what's going on, but you can understand Vettel's going to be rusty, desperately trying to play catch-up, probably pushing too hard and setting his fastest lap times on the scooter. Getting the name a penalty for that was a joke. He went and entertained the crowd. Are you not putting a show on? Exactly. What is it all about? Is she not entertaining yeah. the crowd? It's ridiculous. But right. But let's 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 put it into context, right? Did he hurt anybody by being out on the track? No. No. Like, did he entertain people? Yes. Yes. Is he making the sport uh more like viable human. to new people like that want to like you know like chris make, human. Make, yeah human that's it yeah make, make it more human um i'm not being funny like in the rain delays in nascar they throw the american football into the crowd and get them to throw it back and yeah. all sorts and it's just it's just, just well that's the thing they, like lewis hamilton going across in the track in when there's a rain delay williams having williams organizing yeah. duck races and toboggan races down the pit lane yeah. it's it's what you need you need to show this human side of things and otherwise you just look like a load of emotionless robots that aren't so hard to like yeah i don't know can i just actually while we're talking and mention nascar have you heard of what is going on out there with um Pilly digging no i ha i i had uh, i saw she flipped Flipped off um, one of the drivers. That well, obviously she's lost. Cut her up. She, for the last few weeks, her and her boyfriend Chase have been being um, stalked. Huh? Basically, there's a guy living in Charlotte that is is sending them death threats left, right, and centre. Um, she missed a race last week because of it. Um, and now the FBI are involved. She's got private security, and this is like this is a twenty year old girl. Tracing trucks and this is so confused, but it's not the first time there's been. I mean, the FBI seems to get involved quite a lot when something strange goes on in NASCAR because let's not forget 
the whole um, was it Bubba Wallace thing where they found that that they, yeah, well, they thought they found a noose and what it actually was was a pulley rope to the garage door from the season before as well from the season before. Anyway, this is Formula One fans UK, not Redneck fans UK. So we're going to move it back to Formula One, and um, well, strangely, we're not moving fully back to Formula One because we're going to talk a little bit of IndyCar and um, how lucky Callum Mylot was that the aero screen is a thing. Yeah, the aero screen saved Callum big time this weekend. Um, I don't know how many people have seen the footage, but there was a, a crash in front of him and there was quite a lot of debris um, kind of showered his car, um, quite large chunks. Um, IndyCar have been running the ballistic shield now for, I don't know, they brought it in in 2020. Um, and it's basically, they have the, um, my head's not working today. What do you call a race? Halo. Halo. Right, so they've got the halo around the cockpit still, but around that they've put ballistic glass. Is it a halo? Is it? It's not the full halo, so, is it though? Because it hasn't got the bar down the center. It uh, it does. It has a it has a bar, but it's not it the is. the thickness tiny, of the halo. Is what tiny it's, bar. Yeah, it, it's not as not as thick, but it, it there is a a support beam there. Um. And it's 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 saved drivers up until now. It has saved drivers without a doubt. Um, and I still believe, you know, you look back at, at Massa's crash in two thousand nine with the spring. I still believe at that point, the um, halo wouldn't have stopped that. Mm. I still believe that would have come through and maybe even deflected down into his body instead of his yeah, helmet. But um, this is the this is the issue, isn't it? Because the aero screen is perfect for IndyCar because of the oval racing and the odds on there being an accident being so high and the odds on small pieces of debris being shattered all over the road and being much harder yeah. to avoid. Yeah. Because of the pack running. They don't they don't run they don't run as many oval races as they used to. But I mean, it's the oval that IndyCar is more road. It's horses. the oval to me that screams the need for the ballistic aero screen. I mean that's the it wasn't an oval. Let's let's say the Calamite. Yeah, we had an incident last year where drivers were complaining in Mugello of getting hit in the hand by stones. But that's an occupational hazard. Mm. I mean, a stone is a stone. Yeah, but that's the start of it. We we tested the halo with an arrow screen in twenty seventeen at Silverstone. Sebastian Vettel there was a, it wasn't lap. quite the halo it was it and was a pure in. glass there was no there was no bar coming down he was came there? back in no we didn't have the halo at that point um we were just still going between the are we going it was have, the red bull aero screen it wasn't it was a ferrari no it was the red bull aero screen was it yeah it was red. It's, it, yeah it's the prototype it was, for the one that's now on indycar isn't it it's fat whatever whoever Vettel I'm was sure it was developed time. by Red Bull. Mm. I don't give a flying what's it. It was Vettel that drove it. And he went out and he came in after one lap and said he was dizzy. And that was the end of it. And I don't yeah, understand but... that because you you drive with the visor down and a screen in front of you. What's the difference between that and sports Heat. cars? 
You know, it's not heat is bullshit. No, I'm just saying yes. heat can make excess heat. Yeah, can make but you know, dizzy. Yeah, yeah, but and it but, is proven that the cars do get hotter with the aero screen. Yeah, but we're looking at some time now. Yeah, but th- there's extra venting. Yeah, I and mean, you have to work that in. Yeah, course, no, but if you if you consider Silverstone temperature compared to Miami, mm. yeah, but know, that's humidity versus. That's humidity versus yeah. we don't, temperature. Of course, this we've also got to say just a prototype that Seb tested, and so yeah. there is a good chance that things were a bit rushed with it, and it could have distorted his vision if the glass is bent poorly. There's no, there's no escaping that is a possibility. Yeah, but that that was happened six months before it was put on in Indy car and run. A lot can happen. Look what look at Project Pit Lane, Chris, and what the F1 teams achieved two years ago. And that yeah. was in such a short amount of time. Yeah, but I just, I um, I was shocked when they released the the um the what do you call it for this year's car, and it wasn't on there. I don't see a reason why we don't have it. Driver safety is meant to be the number one priority. We screamed ages ago about the halo because it was going to make the cars look ugly, and we weren't going to watch F one ever again. Now we don't notice them. No, I still so, I still notice them and I still hate them, but I understand why they're there more than why, than when I was screaming about them going on. But I don't think yeah. we are very far away from having the aero screen within F one as well. I think it's maybe twenty twenty three. I I reckon it's going to work because obviously they are work. You know they are working in IndyCar. You can't deny that. But there's um, no there's no denying that the halo has worked in every situation. The halo has been called on in Formula One. Yeah. The halo yeah. has done brilliant. I wonder if a ballistic glass shield could have held up as well as the halo did in Grosjean's accident because that, I mean, that was a big metal bar in front of his face that's pierced and split the fencing either side. And I wonder if a ballistic screen could it's have held up. Ballistic for Yeah, a but reason. I wonder if it would have held up in that the, same. The, I just the, don't know. You, you, I mean, it's the thing you never want to test. But we're not, we're, we're not taking away the halo. No, I know what you're saying. We're adding to it. I know what you're saying, and I think yeah, we are probably going to go down that route. But it's going to be a lot about cooling as well. And I mean, we say all about these things of oh yeah, it's not as hot in Silverstone as it is in Miami. You know, it's a damn sight hotter in the in the uh, in the United Arab Emirates in FP1. Hmm. Yeah, but you know, in 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 IndyCar, they've got all these new venting systems. Oh yeah, I, I think I think give it two two or three years. Of IndyCar perfecting it, and then Formula One will take it on. Mm. I just don't think it's quite ready as soon as Dan says. Yeah, but we're mm. running, we're running faster and faster, and Grand Effect is going to get faster whenever the cars stop porpoising. It's just going to build and build and build. The thing is, sadly, I think that it's going to take somebody getting something hurt. bad. To get it, like exactly yeah. the same reason that we got the Halo. We had a bad incident and we had to figure out a reason um, to stop that from happening again. I think this is the thing with the, with the Halo and the aero screen. It wasn't just a bad incident. Like we were shocked with what happened with Bianchi, but not long after Bianchi, we had the, uh, the Justin Wilson incident. And that when... Yeah. And of course, you had um, Henry Surtees as well in junior racing. And you had um, 
what's her? Oh, oh um, who drove his test in the car and she drove into the back yeah, of the car. Yeah, for um, Tatiana, Tatiana's. Oh, I'm not sure. Give me one second. I'll do a quick Google. She drove for Marusha, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't think, like you know, no, no matter what device you've got on like the Halo side of it, it I don't think it's going to help in a crash like that, is it? When you're completely rear-ending, just just look at the Billy Monger. Um, uh, yeah, but he he, was, he, he didn't have cockpit intrusion. That was his legs. There was. It There's was um, Maria Del Viotta of Viliota. Maria Del Viotta, yeah. She was the one who had the accident, lost an eye. Yeah, and then she died. She two died years later. Uh, in 2013. It feels like a world ago. Nearly coming up to 10 years next year. Um, the day's going to come when, when something happens. And we're going to sit back and say, why didn't we have the screen? This is the thing. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I, I think we look at that now. We, we've already had that lesson in, in Formula One. We've had, we have lessons before the actual lesson. This is the thing. We'll go, something mm. will happen and we'll go, why don't we have the aero screen? And then we'll look at it and go, well, we didn't need that lesson. We had the lesson of Felipe Massa. It's like, why did the Jules Bianchi accident happen? Oh, we'll learn from that lesson. We won't have cars going around when there's uh, tractors on the track but hang on we nearly had the same accident in 2007 in europe yeah but that that was a terrible we nearly had the same accident and before that we nearly had the same and we nearly had those accidents as well in um 2003 in brazil and safety car yeah safety's come a long way in formula one it takes something terrible to happen for things to change and but hopefully now hopefully now we're finding this curve of we're getting ahead of the curve, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I do agree, but I think that they need they do need to start start adopting new features before it is too late. And I think the way F one is going now, the tech, the, obviously the tech regulations are changing like so rapidly. But like, at what point does it but does it not become open cockpit racing, and it becomes sports car racing? With a completely enclosed uh, cockpit to protect the driver, you know it's yeah. But that that was the that was the argument when Halo first was talked about. Um, but IndyCar managed to make how far do you uh, take it? IndyCar have made a success of what it is now, Um, and Touchwood haven't had a serious. Cockpit intrusion incident since since it was What's that, sorry with um we're just saying that with with the with the ballistic screen they haven't had a serious cockpit intrusion oh because uh, I, I was yes but at the same time we do we have had intrusions to the cockpit but not from the front of course you look at um Antoine Hubert's accident in in Spa where that was one of those things that I mean. They couldn't avoid. They, they, but they are reprofiling Spa now. Yeah, trying to change things, but there's a there's, there's just some things you can't yeah, avoid. Motorsport is dangerous, and you can only go so far. Before. That's it. You can't avoid it like the Latifi can't avoid wolves. 
it is what it is. When you've got another single seater out there that's running it for the same speeds as you, and it's got the next level of, of protection on it that you don't have, mm. I'd be sitting with my hand up saying, why don't I have this? Yeah. But that's Chris's thought for the day. That, that's, that's, all, that's all one of the thoughts that we'll get from Chris today. Uh, he's now tapped out. Yes. Um, can I go now? Can I go and do my dinner? No, because we do need to talk about our last, <laughs> uh, our last topic. Of course, up next is Imola. And we've got... Well, Imola was the site of a rather infamous collision last season between George Russell and Valtteri Bottas. Um, it wasn't infamous. It wasn't infamous. Bottas did not like it. He took Russell out and he showed him his place, which cost Bottas his place this season. Yeah, well, the question is, who's happier right now, Bottas or Russell in their new car? Oh, Bottas is 100% happier. I think he had too much pressure. No, he's come from Mercedes where it's pressure, 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 pressure. And I think he's generally happy where he is now whereas i think russell was happy to be there but i think he's realizing the pressure of what hamilton and um were were both under to win like there is that vigorous training that vigorous element in your life of like we're here to win that's it anything other than winning is not acceptable okay yeah it's not as toxic as red bull where i reckon that if you don't win a race you probably get tortured but i i think the pressure is high but then again saying that i think russell is not the happiest but i think he's the better driver at the moment at mercedes chris you don't think there's the will to win at alpha you don't think they're pushing to win Yes, but I think there's less pressure because it's like it, because 2022, like we said, nearly everyone's probably going to get a point. Uh, we've had failures, we've had we've had spins, we've had Vettel taking trips across grass, we've had like everything happen. And I personally think knocking Alpha out of actually winning a race is stupid. They, it's possible. But I, but I don't think there's that heavy demand and that pressure from above to, to, to get that win. The same as you've got Mercedes, which have won for the past eight, like seven, eight years, or whatever it is, um, and now they're completely screwed. So wh- why is George Russell suddenly better than Lewis? He's Howard? driving better at the moment, I think. Where do you get that from? Well, the performance in Saudi Arabia where George could get the car to work and the fact that he's got they've both got one podium each this season. Um, George, he had wow. a terrible qualifying in Bahrain, but he fought back through the field to finish one place behind Lewis. And now... In the, it wasn't really hard, let's be honest. It was, because that Mercedes is an absolute dog of a car. Let's, let's not forget that Mercedes has gone from being a race winner... Uh, and confident you're saying that car is going to win half the races in a season, at least, to now going, oh, well, I wonder maybe this weekend they can they can battle with Alpine and maybe this weekend they can battle with McLaren or maybe this weekend they can battle with Haas. It's... Yeah, 
But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Lewis and Valtteri no. and why... Oh, sorry, and, and George, and why you think George... Well, right now, better. I just feel George is because driving better. I think George has it day, better. Lewis, Lewis would have had more points after this race if he hadn't got screwed by the safety car. Would he? I don't think he would have done. They would have been... He would, they yeah. would have been just one... They would have just been in reverse order, Chris, and that's two points. Oh, sorry, three points. And Lewis is... How many points behind is Lewis? Because George has had fourth... Fifth and third. Lewis has had fourth, and third. third, and tenth. I just think he generally has a better understanding of what this car like, is at the moment. Because obviously, look, look to the last race where Lewis favoured a more sturdy front end going into the corners and had it wild at the back. He, he, he like that was just the wrong, like the wrong setup for them, and he hasn't all, found the right setup. That's how he's always liked to drive a car. He's yeah. always liked to drive the car with a nose that will go in. Yeah, but that's when the it. ass is up in the air and you've got that rake on it. Like, it isn't, it's not like that that's, now, that's, is it? It's completely changed. All the aerodynamics. Dan, Dan explained it, it quite well last, last podcast. Dan said it very well. Um, he, he said it with tone in cheek. But the thing is, George Russell is used to driving a car that doesn't behave as you want it to behave. There's no, there's no escaping that. He, he's had years of experience in a Williams that's been uncompetitive, and he's been able to get results in it. And said Williams finished tenth, so full circle. I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know. I, I, I still think Lewis will outscore Russell come the end. Because obviously, you know, in typical Lewis fashion, he is going to get an understanding of this car. I just think George, it suits his driving style better. The same as um, the last couple of years, it suited Lewis. At, uh, uh, not McLaren, at um, Red Bull, it's favoured to Max. This, this year, I think but, the Red Bull was suited more to Checo's driving style. Yeah. Yeah. But I... Because it's the first season of all these changes, I think it's going to be who can get a handle on on them the quickest, and if you can be reliable. But, but anyway, we we were going I just, on about it, and uh, Chris, you sort of saying, "Oh yeah, no," it's, but Bottas shouldn't be happier. It should be Russell who's happier. So why should George be happier than Valtteri right now? Because he's he's get he's still getting good results with a bad car. And we know we're not naive. We know that Mercedes is going to get better. Oh yeah, well, yeah, they can fix it. And he's sitting there pulling out two podiums, one podium in a car that's driving like dog shit. Sorry, one podium in a car that's driving like dog shit. Um, I bet you come Imola, the start. It's going to be the start of the turnaround. You know, they're going to put the new rear wing on. They're going to put the new floor on. Whether the pit side pods back on, that's questionable. Mm. But um, you know, I I think this is could be the start of the comeback in Imola, and then you've got Miami, which is going to be quite. Yeah, smooth. if it's not, if it if it doesn't come in Imola, yeah. it won't come to after Miami. That's the issue. So after Miami, yeah. Um, but but then they're working. Are they working then to still win a championship this year, or are they pushing for? Right, next how many year? more years does Lewis Hamilton have? You want to get him that eighth championship. You need to start delivering now. Next year's 
next year's is yeah. last year. So, but you want to be delivering now. You don't want to leave it to chance. You're, you're Mercedes. You don't want to leave things to the last race. If you can wrap things up in round 16, you wrap things up in round 16. You don't wrap things up in round 22. If they are serious and want to push for this year's championship, then things can't wait until after Miami. Exactly, but uh, my concern if is it won't. There, it needs to come my, to my concern Miami. is it won't come to after Miami. I, I think we see it in Barcelona. That's when I think we see it, and that worries me. Um, but sort of ask, answering my own question on who do I think is happier with Bottas and George, I, I think that Bottas is the happier because he has, like Dan said, he's not got the pressure. He's driving well, and he's occasionally looking. He's looking to his left and seeing his old team which was a championship winner next to him on the grid in a team that finished second bottom last year. I mean, Valtteri Bottas was pretty much sold a move to Burnley and ended up playing for West Ham. Whereas George Russell was was sold a move to Man City and ended up at Manchester United. But it's you know, is Alpha going to remain as competitive as they are right I now? think with that Ferrari engine, absolutely. It's fast, it's reliable, and the car behaves. Uh, if if Guan Yu Zhou can get a handle on it, like Boston did, did we... got a handle on it, there is no reason they can't be fifth in the championship at the end of the year. There's... People are talking about the Mercedes engine. It's slow. But you've got two different... You've got two different sides of engine. So it's not just the engine slow. The cars that are in it, that that the engine is in, are slow. Because there's you know, you've got a design of, of engine that has got cooling in different places. Um like the the um Aston Martin is a different design of car with a different design body. To suit a different style of engine. Well, it's the same. It, I mean, it's all. It's still the compared same engine. It's just about how you can cool the car. To, it's not though. It, it's not. It's the engine is in the Mercedes has been designed completely differently to work well, the way not, it is uh, working. That, that, that's just. And that's not this. That's not the same engine that's in the. Okay. In the well, look at McLaren then. McLaren have sorted their brake. Looks is. like they sorted their brake problems out, and they were battling Mercedes this weekend. And you say the engines are slow? No, I'm not saying the engines are slow. I'm saying the cars are slow. But the engines are slow. Let's face it. Compare, if you compare that engine to the Ferrari or Red Bull equivalent, then the way I see it is the Mercedes engine this season is it's your marathon runner, but it's your non-professional marathon runner. It's your very good marathon runner. The guy who wins the, the unprofessionals race in the London Marathon. Then you've got your Ferrari. It's not your winner of the London Marathon. It's probably your second or third fastest guy in the London Marathon. Then, of course, you've got the Red Bull, the the Alpine, which is sort of one of your slower professionals. It's still faster than... It's still, like, competitive, but it's not as good as the Ferrari. And then you've got your Red Bull, which is a 100-meter sprinter, which is really fast, but won't last the distance. Mm. Um, Toto said it at the weekend that we're driving... Because of the way the car is driving, we're having to drive with a shitload of aero on it. So we've got a load of drag, so the engines aren't being shown to be as fast as they are. 
until we can get the drag off and sort out the porpoising, the engines are going to look slow. Yeah, yeah, doesn't that's help. That's a fair point. That's that is an. But I just point. I could say. But I think obviously right. I'm looking at the top set, or I'm looking at the 2022 2022 driver standings. Right in the top ten, you have one, two, uh, three, four, four Ferrari engines. You have three Mercedes engines, uh, a Renault, and then the Red Bulls. Right. I generally think the Ferrari engine is just it's just a superior engine. Like I I don't know what they've done to it. That it's just it's so much faster than than the other cars. Well, and, Ferrari were developing last year. Whenever they, we but were the thing is, right? Battle. I don't even think it's that it's faster. I just think it's more. It, it is going to be more reliable because you know they've they've had that ass kicked for the last what five years, just been getting battered. So it's, it is about time there, but. Also, looking at the standings of the points and stuff like that, um, I've just noticed that uh, Max is 46 points away from Leclerc. In oh, first. yeah, no, this is a bigger lead. Like, this is a like bigger lead after three races is... than we saw at any point last season. It's bonkers. Um, I mean, Leclerc looks like he's running away. But George Russell is blooming second in the championship. I know we're talking about who's happier. Should it be Bottas or George? <laughs> I think everyone overlooks the fact that George has somehow wound up in second. I mean, that's just through consistency and reliability. Exactly. That 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 is it. It is it is at this point in time. It is a reliability mm. issue. I don't think it's a performance exactly. issue. Exactly. But we, but with that, we are unfortunately out of time with uh with this episode. Um, as always, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, check out the link in the bio of the podcast. Um and. Follow us on all our socials that are linked in there. Uh, as always, this podcast is sponsored by Apex Tracks. For all your 3D printed track wall art needs, head to apextracks.com. That's A-P-E-X-T-R-A-X-S dot com. Until next time, gentlemen, hope you've enjoyed the last uh, few races as much as our listeners have. And on to Imola, where we've got the bloody sprint race back. Oh. Oh. Yes, but more racing. I know it's a shit format, but it's more racing. More racing for the fans. It's more racing, but it's on a narrow track. We will really see if these new cars work in a, with a sprint race at Imola. Mm. But unfortunately, we can't get into that now. Uh, but I'm sure we'll end up moaning about it in the next episode. So uh, until then, we'll uh, speak to you in a couple of weeks. Stay safe. Enjoy the racing. Goodbye, everyone. Cheerio, guys. Cheerio, guys. <laughs>